You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. expression through art and culture can change a child's life now and forever. And Saskatchewan has an impressive number of arts and culture events in which kids can participate. But not all of them are free, and for families who face financial stress for various reasons, budgets don't always allow kids to participate. That's where Creative Kids steps in, providing financial support where there is a need, so that kids have an opportunity to thrive through activities like art, dance, heritage, and music, regardless of economic or social barriers. Creative Kids is a program of SAS culture, and the first of its kind in Canada. And since 2010, Creative Kids has granted over $1.4 million and helped more than 3,500 applicants in 144 communities across the province. I'm Kevin Power. Join me as I visit the Northern Lights Music Camp, which takes place during the days leading up to the internationally renowned Northern Lights Bluegrass and Old Time Music Festival. I'm joined by several guests on site just outside of Big River, Saskatchewan at Ness Creek. I'm nestled in the boreal forest, and there can be no better setting for kids and adults alike to listen, learn, and play. First up is this podcast featured guest, Emma, who is one of the Creative Kids success stories. Emma plays fiddle. She's good. And she's humble. And she's good. Just listen. Hi, this is Emma. I'll be playing Bowing the Strings. You came through this program as part of Creative Kids, yes? Yes. All right, so tell me about your background. Where are you from originally? I'm from Big River, and I came to Creative Kids thanks to my neighbor, who introduced me to Paulette, Uh our Creative Kids associate. Yeah. And I used Creative Kids first back in 2011 to come to Bluegrass Camp. Okay. And then I used it again last year for fiddliness. Fiddliness was what? It was an exclusive camp just for fiddles. And, yeah, it was like the first annual one. It was created by Kathy Sproul. Okay. So how long have you been playing fiddle? Uh, About nine years now. Wow. And so you have a teacher in Big River? No, I go to Shellbrook, and I get my lessons from Carrie English. Okay. And do you have an outlet for playing with any groups outside of these camps um not really like i'll i'll go around playing for people who 
just want me to, uh-huh. just for fun. Right. Are you known in Big River as one of the local fiddlers? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> she says very humbly, I can tell. Um, so tell me what your first year, which would have been last year, right? Yeah. Uh, tell me about that program. What was it like for you? What was your experience like? Oh, it was really fun. Like, I, I, I usually read notes mm-hmm. to play, mm-hmm. and we play by ear at fiddle camps. Okay. And I caught on so much quicker than I did my first year of going to camp, which was bluegrass. Uh-huh. And that was when I was just getting into fiddle music because I started out with some classical. Okay. And, yeah, there's there wasn't so many people last year. I think there was only seven. But this year it was, like, way up. It was 30 people. So you're saying that you found it refreshing to just sort of be in a free sort of improvisation environment versus being stuck with the notes on the page. Yes. That's interesting. So how long was that uh, that camp for you? Uh, it, was, it was long enough, four days. Right. It's pretty good. Long enough. And so it's pretty intense, right? You stay on site or were you commuting to Big River? Oh, I stayed on site. And, right. Yeah. And did you make a ton of friends? Oh, yes, lots. Were they from just Saskatchewan, or did you meet people from around the world? Um, not from around around the world, but okay. from other provinces like Manitoba and Alberta. None, okay. none, just those two. And were they all within your same age category? Um, there were a few my age, and there was couples in their twenties, and there's lots in their like older ages, like thirties and forties. Okay, and when you're not going through a camp um, when you're back home in Big River, who do you listen to? What What was your inspiration that made you decide you wanted to take up fiddle in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was little, I I always watched the classical music. I have no clue who it was, but... You mean in the symphony? Yeah, in the symphony. Okay. I always I always watched that. The, the string section? Yeah, and then after a while... I st- like my auntie and uncle from PA, they'd give me CDs by JJ Guy and Brent Picacoot and a whole bunch of other artists. And I just right. listen and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to go into fiddle music now. Was anybody else in your family a musician? No, I'm the only one. Wow, isn't that interesting? Anybody else in your family creative at all? Involved in any kind of arts? Uh, no. <laughs> wow, you've got all the creative genes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. That doesn't often happen. Yeah. So you must be a bit of a family celebrity then. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> right. And so if you don't mind me asking, how old are you now? I'm 17. All right. So you're probably just wrapping up high school. One more year? Yeah, one more year. All right. So what's the plan after school? Oh, I'm I'm hoping to either go into animal sciences or continue my career in music. Okay, that's a huge contrast. Um, yeah. <laughs> why have you considered animal scientists over over musician? Why have Why have you not just decided to do this right out of the gate? Well, because I I really love animals. Oh, okay. And like, I honestly don't know what I'd do without both music and like being around animals and stuff. Because okay. I live on a farm, so oh, right. it'd, it'd be totally different to just throw myself out in oh, one. Okay career right so music will never leave you you can always do that but it's 
probably a safer bet to be going into animal science as far as a predictable career goes. Yeah. But also, I was debating on becoming a a violin teacher and staying here in Big River and teaching other, like, people in this community because there's not, like, I only know of two, one or two fiddlers from here. Right. You could be doing that now. Yeah, I could be. And you can always do that, even when you're... When you're studying animal science, you can always still teach fiddle on the side. There'll always be people that want to learn. Yeah, that's true. Um, Tell me about some of the instructors that you had last year and how much of an influence they had on you. Uh, My instructor last year was Kelly Trottier from Quebec. Mm -hmm. And she was really good. Like She she made me really want to go into a more musical career, but then after a while of thinking more of what I could do. Mm-hmm. I just kind of switched my mind a little bit. Right. But this year, once again, I had Gordon Stolby, and he he really pushed me into thinking again about going into the music career. Could it be because you're really good? Could be. Right. So there's a part of you that's kind of tempted to do that? Yeah. Right. yeah. Just to see where it leads? Yeah. Well, that would be pretty great if you gave it a shot because mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than living your life with some unrealized dream. Wondering, I'm wondering, I wish I could. Um, why is this whole element of creativity important for you? Why, why do you need a creative outlet for yourself? Well, it's because I pretty much like I just like seeing other people like enjoy my music and like. They were asking and begging me to play more and more, so wow. it just gets me going. So tell uh, that's that's something I often think about. Tell me what an audience gives you as a performer, how important they are. Oh, they just encourage me. Mm-hmm. They they tell me to stay, like stay right. into music and. But I mean, when you're performing, how much do they influence you playing? Is, do you get sort of caught up in their enthusiasm for listening to you? And I mean, I don't think audiences often know how much they impact us when we're up on stage. Oh, yeah. When, when they're cheering and clapping, I, I just get going. I start playing harder and more enthusiastically and just have fun. Right. So what's it like to be back here on site again after last year? Ah, <laughs> uh, Good. Nostalgic. I mean, I'm sure you hang out here because you don't live yeah. too far away. Anyway, you probably go to the festival. Yeah, I, um, I work on site sometimes. Oh, you like, do? For the restaurant. Did you bring your fiddle along? No, no. I, I had to leave it because it's too hot in, in the car. And yeah. But are you listening to all these fiddles playing yes. around us going, oh. Yeah. You could maybe borrow somebody's <laughs> for a second just to pick it up. Sure. If I can find someone. (laughs) So um, do you think you have the opportunity to influence other kids in Big River um, who might benefit from the Creative Kids program like you did to come and be a part of this? I think I have. You have already? Are there some of them here this year? Um, I think there's only one that I know of, but I don't know about the others. But I know there's lots of kids from Debden, too, because I go to Debden School. Right. And there are a lot of kids when I go out to play at the school, they, they're like, oh, wow, I want to play that. Wow. And is there a music program at, at Debden? Um, just for guitar. Oh, no. 
you got to start teaching fiddle there. Yeah. Even if it's just for fun. I know I could probably. Well, that's great. So it it was a really big difference that that Creative Kids made for you as far as being able to participate in this. Yeah. Would you have been able to otherwise? Do you think? Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link. On the Sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called Sascapes Plus. You can't miss it. There's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it. I'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going. When Sascapes launched in May 2014, it was the first podcast in the province celebrating arts, culture, and heritage. In fact, you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find any Saskatchewan podcast. So I'd like to think that we paved the way. It's been because of your support that this podcast is now in its ninth year. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, in time, yes, I could. Right, but not so immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's So now it's your turn to pay it forward, and it sounds like you already have. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> You've got such a... I, I wish you brought your fiddle along. I bet you you're way better than you, uh, than you let on. <laughs> you're being humble. Always stay humble as a musician. Yeah. It'll do you the world of good. My next guests are Ellen, Kesa, and Jackson. Three very entertaining and talented musicians who do old-time bluegrass and folk music proud. In With The Old is the name of their band. Have a listen. All right, and you are? Keja Thorlakson. Wow, and you are? Uh, Ellen Fraze Koyanga. And? Jackson Lalon. All right, so let's get to know you first. Um, where are you from originally? Kanistinos. Okay, and how far is Kanistinos from here? Between two and a half and three hours. And what's your instrument? I play mandolin mainly, but I also play guitar, upright bass, Alhammer banjo. I'm starting to learn to play piano, trumpet. Wow. Could you pick any more? What's left? <laughs> um, who's your influence? How did you, what, what made you originally want to start taking up all these instruments? Just a way to 
show my emotions, I guess. Yeah, but did you have any family members? Were you did you have anybody that that inspired you early on? Yeah, growing up, my mom played piano. Okay. She used to be a piano teacher. Okay. And she never taught me, but just like hearing that growing up was, I guess, helped. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. So mandolin, we would say, is your primary instrument. Yeah, lately it has been. Okay, and that's what you're playing mostly in the in the group. Yeah. Okay. And you play. Uh, mainly guitar, but like Keja, we tend to switch off. Mm-hmm. Play a few other things too. I feel like once you start with one stringed instrument, it's pretty simple to yeah. to get a hang of the other ones too. I was uh, forced into piano lessons at age four. Oh, you were forced into forced. that. You're not the first person to say that. No. Why, why, why do we feel like we've been all forced yeah. into these piano I lessons? Know. Now I'm very happy I went through with it. But I bet. Yeah, they bribed me. They said that my piano teacher would give me lollipops, but never did. Never happened? No. They being your parents? Yep, they being my parents. Were your parents musicians as well, or did they play? Uh, my mom, yeah, a little bit of piano. My dad played the trombone. Both sang maybe a little bit, but not. Uh, so uh, then I'll put on my therapist hat for a minute and tell you that the reason why they forced you into it, because probably your mother wasn't forced into it and wish she had, so she was going to live vicariously through your dream. It could be. Yeah, yeah that sounds very. Yeah. yeah that's, that's free analysis <laughs> for you right there. <laughs> and love the T-shirt. Oh, thank you. So you play. I play banjo and upright bass. Okay, now, I should say the three of you are a band and you are called? In With The Old. And how long has In With The Old been together? Basically two years right now. How did you find each other? Um, well, we found each other here. We both, where we all went to this festival. And then Keja kind of came up to me and said, hey, you want to start a band? And so we did. And then Ellen kind of just joined in somehow. I don't really remember how, but... The next day... The next, next day, day? basically. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Helen, how about you? I was like, sure. Okay. Now, here now, we are. Was last year your first year, the first year for all of you here? No, I've, I've been going to this since like the start. <laughs> and how long have you been playing? I've been playing banjo for, well, this is my sixth year here. I've taken lessons. Were you forced into your lessons? No, <laughs> I was not. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so when you first got together um, the very next day of last year um, and started playing, did it gel right away? Did you sense you had chemistry right off the bat? I would say so. Um, yeah, I was never expecting to be in a bluegrass band or anything, but it happened pretty quickly and we started busking and somehow we got our first show within like a couple weeks and just... Where were you busking? In Saskatoon somewhere, probably by like Rock Creek or somewhere. Like oh, yeah? Yeah, we went to three places. And on Broadway? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And on Broadway and then down by the river. Yeah. Wow. Um, so uh, you took off pretty much right out of, out of camp, you guys were playing together. Like yeah, it happened. Why did you, you said you, you were surprised that you would sort of latch on to bluegrass the way you did. Why? What did you think you'd be pursuing musically? Well... I've always pretty much wanted to be David Bowie. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Not a bad career to have. Yeah, no, it'd be great. I don't know. I grew up so, with a lot of like 
Elvis Presley and Bruce Springsteen and that kind of thing. And my mom just found this camp randomly on Google about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I always come to the Ness Creek Festival. Right. And I was like, sure. Um, turns out I really, really enjoy bluegrass as well. So I was just luck, I guess. Wow. Are the, well, so you sing too, if you want to be David Bowie. Okay. Are you singing in the group as well? Yeah, we all do. Are you all do? Mm-hmm. Great. So you've got to get the harmony thing happening as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you tell me about the instructors that are here this year and last year, how influential they've been to you? They're quite, they're great. Mm -hmm. Like you can see like extremely talented people like Jeff Scroggins. He was like won some banjo championship because he's Mm -hmm. just so good. And so like, that's really, I don't know. Is it kind of intimidating when you sit down with these people at first? Um, not really. It kind of just, blows you away okay but and yeah you're kind of like yeah i want to be like that so what are they what's he saying to you that that encourages you um to keep i mean is it a pretty pretty encouraging environment or i mean you're just sort of all gigging and jamming together and he's teaching you licks and stuff like that probably um so there's room for error nobody's expected to be perfect yeah yeah it's stress-free you don't need to worry about anything are any of you looking at notes while you're doing any of this, or is it all sort of improv off the page? Uh, not year. this year. Some teachers have tabs printed out for you, but it yeah. really depends on how they prefer to teach it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what's happening when you're not in, um, in, these camp, in these classes? What are you doing on site? You just sort of... Having a great time. <laughs> okay. And by oh. great time, what happens in the evening? I I know you all sit around fires, I'm guessing. Yeah, we sure yeah. do. Um, there's multiple jams that happen. Um, there's the main campfire there. It usually gets pretty crazy. Right. And then there's people who branch off and kind of do their own thing. Like, I think there's a fiddle, specifically fiddle jam. Uh, what are you all doing in your quote-unquote realize when you're not here, when you're not playing together? You're in school, I'll bet. Yeah, I'm in grade twelve this year. Okay. This fall. Okay. And you're you're done school. Yeah, I graduated last year. Yeah, last year. I'm just kind of working part time, and I'm also working on a, my own kind of solo okay. project too. As David Bowie. Yep, as my David Bowie cover right. band. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, do any of you? Ha- you're still in school, yeah. Yeah. Do you, any of you have aspirations to do this professionally when you when you finish this? I mean, uh, the, 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 the short answer is, of course, who, who wouldn't want to, right? But I mean, seriously, would you like to uh, give this a shot? I have no idea. I think right. that's something that's really scary is like I'm graduating in a year and I'm mm-hmm. expected to know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it's like all I know is music right now. And like mm-hmm. for sure that's something that I really want to pursue. Mm-hmm. And like I'd love to go on tours and stuff with these guys. But with Jackson being in school still after I graduate, it's going to be really right. tough to figure out. Right. So through it all, I'm like, should I do university? Should I not? Should I, like, where should I live? Where should I? Yeah. So much planning and so confusing. We've all been there. Yeah. It does sort itself out eventually. I sure hope so. Who do you listen to um, when you're when you're at home? Who's on your Who's on your iPod or your phone? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of bands that we've met here over the past six years, mm-hmm. and like the classic, like Bill Monroe, Stanley Brothers, Del McCurry. Yeah. I like the old guy. 
Rock What's the most contrasting music you listen to to uh, bluegrass? Oh, I listen to everything except for rap. So, like, in- including like death metal and screamo. Like, I love me some Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> <laughs> I love a little bit of everything, like Queen, okay. Beatles. Right. Like, yeah. Did you go to the Queen show that was here? Not so, uh, no. Exactly. Did, did you go? Get the chance yeah. to go Adam with Adam Lambert? Killed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no. He, he has no other way to do it no, but kill it. He, yeah. He killed it. What's the most contrasting music you listen to when you're not playing bluegrass? Uh, well, I, I know you're going to say David Bowie. Yeah, well, I like a lot of like 60s experimental stuff. I really like like the Seeds, Tyrannosaurus Rex before they turn into like an 80s hair metal band. Um, oh man, I don't know. I love a lot of old folk music like Ramblin' Jack Elliott and oh. Any Canadians on your on your iPod? Yeah. Yeah, I love Leonard Cohen. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm not surprised you do. <laughs> yeah, he's a big one. Right. Um, do you still play piano or do you loathe it more than anything now? No, I don't loathe it. In fact, I'm glad I took it because it's helped me with theory and having better understanding of things. I still play it occasionally, but it's kind of disheartening to see how much I suck at it now after not playing it for a few years <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh you got to keep those things up yeah. um you know i often wonder saskatchewan's just littered with very small towns and many of them don't have music programs for people who don't have the advantage of coming to a camp like this or a camp that's i, I mean this is pretty unique so it's not like i can compare it to another one happening in another part of the province. Um, what do you say to young kids that don't really have an outlet, uh, but who want to who wanna take this up? Or were you, are you one of those kids? Was that you? Um, I've never thought about that question before. I've always had this kind of music in right. my life. I right. think if you really have no outlet, the best way you could, like if you're into bluegrass especially, the best way I would think is to go listen to old records and get a mandolin, listen to what they're doing, yeah, and then... Copy what they're doing. Or yeah. Play along, learn because that really is a lot of what tabs. it is, right? I mean, is is picking up is picking up people's riffs, right? And yeah. then ultimately finding a little bit of your own in that. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, this genre is borrowed music in many ways, borrowed like oh, yeah, definitely very recycled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but in a good way, not in a plagiarism way. I think oh, it's yeah. probably the highest form of complimentary is the compliments yeah. to to stick a lick in there that yeah. you know that's uh, unique to somebody. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah. like the internet too. Yeah, like you can find millions of tabs and chord charts and everything. Yeah, it's a great thing. How far have you guys gone from from your hometowns to play? Have you stayed in the province, or have you gone outside the province yet? Well, recently we went to Winnipeg. We went to Winnipeg Folk Fest, and we also played in Boulder, Manitoba. Oh, you did? How was Folk yeah. Fest? That's pretty good. Yeah, good. That's great. I thought it was fun. How was Borealis Festival for you? I'm sorry that I missed you. I was in the trailer backstage oh, doing a podcast. Dang. We got to do a bit of a workshop with a really great band from Dublin called I Draw Slow. I know. They're so good. I know. See, I knew that workshop was going on, and I knew that yeah, I was in the trailer. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> they're great yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're sweethearts. Yeah, they're, they're a great band. Mm-hmm. I, I love their music. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. What a pleasure Thank to talk you. to you all. Thank you. It's been a slice. Joining me next are a brother duo from New England. George and Charles Clements were at camp this week teaching vocal harmony workshops, and when you hear them sing together, you'll see they are very qualified to do just that. 
The Clements Brothers are also part of the Lonely Heartstring Band. Darling, I have come to tell you Though it almost breaks my heart But before the morning, darling See, look wide and deep. Don't my baby look the sweetest when she's in my arms asleep? Can't you hear the night birds calling? the deep blue sea While of others you are thinking Don't you sometimes think of me Don't this road look rough and rocky Don't that sea look wide and sitting here with Charles Clements and his brother George Clements right you guys are from Boston Um, yeah Boston area grew up outside of Boston and Westboro Massachusetts and now we both live in uh, Jamaica Plain and surrounding Boston suburbs right is this your first time up here at Nest Creek first time at Nest Creek yeah second time in Saskatchewan um our band, the Lonely Heartstring Band, was out here in March. March, March we came up yeah. and uh, taught at about six or seven different local schools and promoted the festival. And so, tell me about your singing life. You're obviously this is not the first time you sung together. Um, no, yeah, I, I mean we've, we grew up singing together and mm-hmm. church and right. car rides. Um, Both of our parents were singers. Uh, my mom was really into musical theater, and my dad was a self-taught guitarist and singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. So they formed actually a folk duo in the 70s and wrote about, I don't know, 30 or 40 songs together and performed around the city for a couple of years. And Great. So we grew up with lots of music in the house. Yeah. Both of my older brothers were musicians, and um, it was just always a very natural part of uh, life, was sure. to sing and make music. 
Are you doing this full time? Is this, yeah. Yep. Performing only or also teaching? Performing, teaching, yeah. Our band, uh, there's five of us, so <clears throat> singing and playing is a part of it. Um, obviously, I'm not, I'm not playing bass right now, but. Oh, you uh, play bass in the I band? I play bass, yeah. Okay. So our, you know, our band is a five piece kind of bluegrass, uh, folky band. Okay. Yep. Trying to <clears throat> coin the, the term. Roots grass. Roots grass. Yeah, we draw on a lot of roots traditions like uh-huh. Celtic and old time, as well as just the, the, the singer-songwriters of the 70s, 60s, and 70s. There's a big influence on me. James Taylor, Paul Simon, the Beatles, Brian Wilson, all those guys. Which is great. So did you guys, are you basically self-taught, inspired by your parents and the music you grew up with, or did you go off and do formal training in music? Uh, the latter. Yeah, we both, we both went to school for music. Boston Conservatory? Uh, New England Conservatory. Oh, yeah. Great then, school. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then Manhattan School of Music. Very good school. And I was at uh, Berkeley College of Music right. in Boston. And so your uh, major at that time was? When I went to Berkeley, I double majored in guitar performance and songwriting mm-hmm. and ended up graduating with a degree It's called professional music, which is basically... I wanted to get out of there as fast as possible right. and not spend any more money. So right. I transferred all the credits from my double major into that one program and finished with a degree. Right. And you were bass? Bass, yep, with a kind of classical orchestral path uh, interest and did all that. And kind of took a diversion from that. A little bit. I still do it. I still <laughs> yeah. do it and try and, you know, uh, I love the music. I love I love playing bass with a bow, which I don't get to do as much <clears throat> in the band. Um but uh, we've always played together, and I've always wanted to make music together. And- Do you think the formal training has been a help? Um, you know, I I know that there are a lot of musicians, especially in this genre of music, that are self-taught, mm-hmm. that find um, the actual school training of music theory and everything sort of rather restricting. And um, you could, I yeah, there's probably some merit to that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I feel like when you're writing songs and, and trying to tell your story or tell someone else's story through song or you know just write something that's personal and that you respond to it needs to come from a deeper place than like okay well like, like a place of analysis mm-hmm. which you might learn in school but i do think schools are, are really good um because they connect you with the community and they also give you access to teachers that can help you improve your instrumental technique, your understanding of music theory, and all that stuff can help you, uh, you know, give you more options as a creator. I think so. So I don't think it's a totally bad thing. I think both are valid paths towards artistry. You can complement each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I admire the quote-unquote untrained musician Mm -hmm. for how um, astute their hearing is and how astute Mm -hmm. their improvisational skills are. but to me, I mean, my, my degree is in music theory, composition, and Broadway performer is what I do for a profession. But um, mm-hmm. I would be terrified. To me, it would be like not being able to, opening up a book and not mm-hmm. knowing what all those letters and right. things were. Yeah, um, I mean, reading, reading music is definitely a part of classical music. And, yeah. But like our banjo player went to music school and he's, he's not a big reader. Right. But he still went to music school and an amazing musician. It's, Are you doing classes here with children as well as adults? Yeah, it's a mixture of both. Yeah. How important do you think this kind of environment is for, for students learning? I think it's great. 
I think the informal nature of it makes it very low pressure. Yeah. But the community, the, the group lessons are are really supportive, and um, I don't know. I think it's a great way to learn. I wish I had grown up going to festivals and taking yeah, classes from, and do that. Yeah, from people. So and in a very great environment too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very yeah. cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Did you know that full versions of Sascapes can be downloaded or streamed for free from the iTunes Store, Stitcher Radio, and on SoundCloud? Feel free to leave us a review or star rating. And now, back to the podcast. You'll now hear from three key people who are part of a larger committee volunteering their time and talents to pull this whole vision together. The town of Big River is to be applauded for their association with creative kids and for the kids that get to participate who otherwise might not have had the chance, as well as for all participants. This experience will last forever in their hearts. Here are Paulette, Tracy, and Mona. Uh, my name is Tracy Lalonde, and I coordinate the music camp that happens the five days prior to the festival. Okay, so is this your first year coordinating this? No, I've been doing it for several years. I enjoy it a lot. I okay. I really enjoy seeing the people come through and by the end of the week how cohesive everyone is and just what they learn throughout the week and how inspired they are. Yeah. Um, where are you from originally? I grew up in Leoville, which is a oh, yeah. very short distance from here. Right, all right. Yeah. Did you have anything like that? Do you play at all? Are you a musician yourself? A little bit, yeah. yeah. A little bit. Did you have anything like this growing up? Did you have a music camp that you went to growing up? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, I did come from a musical family, though, so uh-huh. there were a lot of kitchen parties growing up for yes. me. And um, that was somewhat lost when I was a teenager and, and quite indifferent to the whole thing. Right. <laughs> so when I discovered the opportunity to be involved with this society, uh, I, I sort of jumped at it because I was at that age where I was going back to my roots and... And the music resonated with me quite a bit. Right. What were the challenges when you were first starting out with, uh, how long ago was the first year? The music camp? Yeah, the music camp. Uh, a camp and festival. This is our 10th year. Okay. So, and you've been there all 10, all 10 years? I was a student at the music camp for the first several years. Oh, you before were? Before I came involved. What's your instrument? I, I play a little bit of guitar. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, so you were a student to begin yeah. with. Yes. Oh, wow. And and how was that experience for you? How much of well, clearly it made enough of an impact on you that you stuck around in this capacity. It, it's a great experience, but it, it's more than playing your instrument, learning your instrument. Um, it, it's a, a week of getting together with like-minded people that you didn't know existed for the most part, okay. um, and just friendships, jamming, things like that. And we also teach what I really enjoy is we teach people how to play music together so we teach people how to jam um, teach people how to take you know a few more risks step out with their instrument a little bit um, give everybody a little bit of a chance to shine we started out with 35 students and we've grown to uh, close to 135 so so quite a big big growth you are involved in bringing these instructors in yes myself but Mona is the entertainment director okay so here we go over to Mona. Hi, Mona. Hi. Where are you from originally, Mona? I'm from Saskatoon. Are you? So you are the entertainment coordinator. Yes. So how are you reaching out to these uh, instructors, or are they reaching out to you? It's a bit of both. 
Okay. Uh, we get submissions from actually all over the world. Um, and we pick and choose, but we also get out and look. You know, we yeah. went to Merle Fest. Uh, Tracy's been twice. I was there once. And so we, we scour the internet. Uh, we, and we listen to what people have to say. We also talk to, like this year, we'll be talking to these musicians and saying, do you have any suggestions? Yeah. Uh, do you have any recommendations? So we're always looking and we're always listening. Right. Right. This year, because it's our 10th anniversary, we have a few people coming back. Some of our favorites from over the, over the years. So Caleb Clowder has been here before. Uh-huh. Also, Alison DeGroote has been here before. So I think a lot of the musicians end up working at festivals where some of them are in uh, rodeo grounds or in exhibition grounds. They're in gravel, you know, and, and they come here and they're blown away. They love to be in the forest. They love to look out over the creek. Uh, Wanda and Ted are feeding them. So they're, they love the food. They're usually, and anybody, almost everybody we've had here has said, we'll come back. We'd love to come back. Right. You know? So do you yeah. have a large contingent of volunteers that are helping to make this happen? Oh, absolutely. Yes. We would not happen without our volunteers. Yes. Who's the volunteer coordinator? Do you both sort of, that's a combined effort? No, that's another person altogether. Okay. We have Dale Budd and uh, another woman, Dina Hubbles, who work on volunteers and they work very hard. Right. We're, right. we're a hundred percent volunteer organization. 100% volunteer. Yes. We occasionally have uh, a little bit of administrative budget to hire someone project based, um, but generally we're we're. Wow, this comes from the heart. This whole Mm -hmm. thing. Yes. Wow. Who? Which of you can speak to the creative kids aspect of this? Pulling up a chair beside the two of us is Paulette Etchison, who's going to answer part of the question I've just put out there, which is to speak to the creative kids aspect of this camp. Okay, well, the creative kids aspect came in a proposal to Gord Olson, who owns the Nest Creek site. Um, Creative Kids was formed a few years back, and they chose two cities and six communities. And so all these communities could submit a proposal, and then the SAS Culture Board will look it over and decide which communities get the funding and which cities get the funding. And they chose Big River as a community to receive funding. So we had a built-in site here. We have the Nest Creek Music Festival. The Northern Lights, Bluegrass, and Old Time Festival was just starting up. It was a perfect opportunity when the music camp component came into the Bluegrass Festival because then we had an outlet to um, have children come to this music camp and apply for funding, which otherwise they probably couldn't afford, either, you know, through financial or because there were so many children in the family. Mm -hmm. And so that gave them an opportunity to come to this camp here right in their own town and the surrounding area. So when they submitted this proposal, um, Lord put my name down as a chairman, unbeknownst to me, <laughs> and, then, and then when we got the then when we got the funding, then he sort of told me, and um, so I thought, okay, I'll wing it for one year, and I've been with them for six years, and it's just been very rewarding. We've had students come in here that have been in the camp for three or four years, and to see them progress 
and their music ability and just growing up like Emma Pru, you know, she started mm-hmm. back in 2010, 2011. And she has gone on to go to other camps, but she started out with Creative Kids and she still, you know, she still receives a bit of funding for other camps through Creative Kids. And just to see her blossom while you sat with her and talked to her. Yeah, yeah. And she was just a lovely girl. And she's just so enthusiastic, you know, about her fiddle. And so it's just very rewarding seeing these kids grow up in front of you. Yeah. Learn music. We have music in our schools in Big River. We um, have half hour lessons once a week. And these past three years, we've had Rich McFarland from Mosaic Music in Prince Albert travel to Big River for one full day and have about 14 students. And he pulls them out of class a half hour each. And it's just incredible. And and the principals are just on board with this to have music in the schools. And twice a year, we have a fundraiser. And then we have a showcase of talent of all our students that are taking these music lessons. And now we have a vocal coach here. She's a retired school teacher. And she asked to join in on our fundraiser. Well, not so much for the fundraiser part, but just to showcase her talent. So we've blended it. You know, the Creative Kids fundraiser plus her vocal students. And it's worked out really, really well. So mm. it, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I do backstage hospitality for the performers here. Yes. And when you see somebody like In With The Old, when they just started out in a music camp, they were just little kids. And now they're performing and get to come backstage <laughs> as, right. as a performer. It's just cool to right. see. Yeah, it, I bet. It, it's just cool to see. It's like they're your little nieces and nephews and they've grown up and now they're on stage and you tend to be a little protective of them. So this is why I chose them to come in on this interview yeah. because they were just little. Like yeah. they, they, they came backstage hospitality because their parents were coordinators. I'm coordinator, whatever. And, but to go through the music camp and to become what they've become, like these kids are good. Yeah. Well, yeah. these kids are good. Emma's good. Yeah. You know, it, it was just, it's wonderful to see. It's very rewarding. And then when you get little kids come up to you and say that this has been the best week of my life. Wow. Yeah. And that experience stays with them forever, no matter what they do. I think we all yeah. have well, warm, warm yeah. memories of, of camps that we went to. Well, it was. Like, Emma came up to me at Fiddliness, and she just she said, you know what, you started this all. And she said, she said I've never really fully thanked you. And she said, oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very, it's an important program. It's mm-hmm. an incredible opportunity that it is. that is afforded these kids. What are the challenges um, that that you've encountered? What are sort of the major hurdles that you've had to jump over? Um, if I could speak to yeah, that, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, think, I think it would be the generally the the misunderstanding of this type of music. Okay, what is the misunderstanding? Well. Um, Specifically, old-time music sometimes equates to music that that only older people enjoy or Uh older people listen to or older people make. And it's a very different story. You've you've interviewed two fantastic young musicians today and and, and in with the old as well. And young people are are making this music. Um, So there's an expectation that it's not something that that the younger generation may want to come out and see. Right. until they get here. Right. <laughs> and then they, they tell us, this is amazing. I, ca- I can't believe the talent level that, that comes out here. Um, I can't believe that I like this music so much. Um, in a way, it, it's new to them. In a way, it's not new. It reminds them of, 
of something that they may may have heard, you know, from their grandparents' time, but it's it's new. It's presented in a new format, and yeah. and they love it again. It yeah. invokes memories, but they're enjoying it now. Yeah. So if that makes sense, yeah, it does. Uh, it's a hurdle that that we've we've had a hard time, you know, sort of communicating that you will like this. Yeah. If you're 50 and under, you'll you'll absolutely love this. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean even for those who know what the genre is, it's not a genre that we typically attach to younger generation. I mean, it's not what you're hearing when you turn the radio on, unfortunately. There's, there's I mean, little radio play. Exactly. Yeah, yeah there's very little it's, radio play. It's not play. commercial music. And I wouldn't think twice about having uh, the whole family here and everybody loves it. That's what people love about this festival is mm-hmm. it's good, clean fun. When do you start organizing the next year's festival or does it ever stop? Right after. <laughs> right, after. right after. We've actually started, <laughs> Tracy and I have already started thinking about next year. In fact, we started long ago thinking wow, about next year. you don't give yourself downtime. We do, we do take a bit of downtime after. And, and what we do after this event is we cu- we debrief. We take a good look at how everything went and we try and figure out how things could run more smoothly. So we spend a bit of time doing that every year and that's really valuable. And then we do give ourselves a little bit of a break and then we'll call up a meeting and get started again because you you have to. Yeah. These bands of this caliber, they they get snatched up pretty early. Yeah, right. You know, so we have to get in there and and get our especially our camp bands and our main acts. We have to get in there. We start working October, November. Have you been rained out ever? We've had some pretty nasty weather. Uh, Certainly. The last few years have been stellar weather. But we have had some some pretty cool, miserable years. But it hasn't, you know, yes, we're cold and we put on many layers and we all gather around the fire. We still go away happy. We still go away pleased. And the people who come from the south, they still go away saying, we'll come back again. I might bring a ski jacket next time. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> and you were right about the long johns. Yeah, but definitely not this year. And not this year. No. <laughs> no. We, we've no. never had severe weather where no. thunder okay. and lightning has shut us down. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, not to put you on the spot, but can each of you share maybe one of the, I'm sure, many memorable moments that you've had in the time that you, is there a standout moment um, in the time that you've been here, uh, some really special thing that happened that, that you wouldn't have experienced? Um, well, generally, the jamming every year is fantastic. It's, it's world-class talent coming together to jam. It's like a little mini private concert. It's, yeah. it's amazing. That's generally. Specifically, one year, I remember, um, there's always a group of, we invite a group of local um, special needs um families to, to come uh-huh. uh, and just take part in our festival. And they love to dance. And this particular year, uh, the band was playing and these young people were, were, were dancing and they were, they were wanting to sort of get in on the dance floor. And there were a number of people, you know, doing two steps and things around them. And suddenly the circle, this, the, the dancers on, this, on the dance floor formed a circle and just allowed these, these young people to just come and dance in the middle of the circle. Mm. And it just spoke to how open everything was and nice. accepting and wonderful. 
Nice. Yes. Mona, any standout moment for you? It's hard for me to peg down one moment yeah, yeah. because it's just, it's so wonderful. But I, there was one moment, and Paulette has kind of spoken to this already. I, I taught a class that we call the Fun Grass class, and Paulette sponsors that, Creative Kids sponsors that class quite well. And it's for kids four to eight years old, and it's an introduction to bluegrass and old time. And I didn't really realize it that these kids were coming back years later and taking taking the classes until one year after having done it a few years we were all up on the stage it was just before the festival started and what we do is we get all our camp classes up to do a little performance and that's how we kick off the festival so we have uh, this year it'll be 100 people up there we're going to do two songs so we're they were separated but i was there getting my little kids ready with their little instruments and we were all i was trying to do a little crowd control and i looked around and there were all these kids who had been in my class years Aww. before with their guitars on their backs mm. and their banjos and their they're musicians now they're walking proud <laughs> And they're they're staying with their class, and they're all ready to perform. And I just, I just got goosebumps. Just that moment, it was these kids. You know, we're, I think we're having a really good effect on these children. What's the feedback you're hearing from the people you're bringing in to instruct? What are they What are they saying about their experience? They love it. They love the openness of, of what Tracy talked about. They love the forest. Um, we've heard some amazing, uh, David Davis it was here for camp and festival. This was a few years ago and he's a pioneer of bluegrass. He's been traveling with the music for 35 years and he actually came up to me and, and Nest Creek Music Festival actually hired them to come back the next year. Okay. And I was talking to him the next year at Nest Creek and he made a point of saying to me, your festival stands out of all the stuff that we have done all those 35 years he said your little festival here in northern saskatchewan stands out as being the one of the most organized and friendly and wonderful experiences he's had in his career I I was nice. I was speechless. Nice. And he is such a gentleman. Yes, just he's a, a southern gentleman. gentleman. Oh, yeah. he, he was just so appreciative of everything we had to offer him here. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's really great about this genre of music is that people are just really nice. Mm-hmm. They, they are, are absolutely. Yeah. They're so genuine. Yeah. We've yeah. never had a problem with egos here. Yeah. We just we've been so fortunate. Yeah, I think it comes out of the music. I think that the person the person who likes this genre of music could be no other way but warm. Right. You know, I, I think agree. that's that's the way it is. Paulette, anything you want to add? You shared a really great experience. I did. Um, there was this young girl that came up and did not want to leave. She just had, when, she said she had the best week of her entire life. She was 13 years old. And she came from a background that I th- don't think was stable. And the week she was here, she just felt everyone envelop her, and she didn't want to leave. So that that touched me. Yeah. yeah. And I hope this festival continues. I it's, hope Creative Kids continues, you know, mm-hmm. to give these children that opportunity, and I'm sure it will. 
Um, and it's just been a wonderful experience. You know, it's, it's just been great. Don't get weepy on me, girl. I won't. <laughs> Only got a few hours sleep last night. I still have to oh. do backstage hospitality. <laughs> oh. Yes, I think I got two and a half myself. <laughs> After all the organizing is done. I know. It's many sleepless nights. Yeah, I know. You cry at the I stupidest know. things. <laughs> yeah. Well, this invi- the minute I walked on here, I went, oh, the nostalgia of my the music camp that I went to. And it's just, um. I still cry when I think about it. I, mean, that's, I think that's the great thing about camps like this mm-hmm. is that no matter what a kid chooses to do in life the the memory of this experience stays with you forever oh it does i remember my camp experience we went to ukrainian camp in waka saskatchewan uh-huh. we'd be there for two weeks at a time you and learn ukrainian dancing singing and coloring easter eggs or whatever when we got there we were bawling because we didn't want our parents to leave us when they came and got us, we didn't want them to take us home. We didn't want to leave all these, you know, people that we met and friendships we formed. Right. You know, and, and this is exactly like it. With these young kids, they form lifelong f- friendships. And so do you volunteers. Yeah, and, well, yeah, yeah, so do we. Yeah. 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 Anything else any of you want to add? I just, uh, we may have given the impression that this was a kid's camp. Yes. But in fact, it's an all ages camp. Right. Yeah. Yes. What is the age range? The ages start from about five years old in the, this little fun grass group. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we've had, I think, the last year was there was a seventy-six year old lady who just decided really? she wanted to just play guitar, and she said, "I'm going to that camp and I'm learning guitar." That's fantastic. Yes. And ha- did she love the experience? She loved it. She stayed in a tent. <laughs> she wow. Was, she was such a trooper. Does that happen often? Do you get older adults coming? Uh, yeah, there there are a few, actually. Generally, it crosses, you know, pretty much every generation. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Well, plus it must be really great for the younger generation to see people that probably seem ancient to them that aren't really um, coming to this kind of event. Yes. Well, and vice versa. Yes, sure. It's wonderful for the older people to see their music carrying on yeah. mm-hmm. into the younger generation. Right. You're all going to be sad when the curtain comes down on this one. Oh, yes. Wow. We'll be tired. <laughs> and it's the 10th year. So... Yeah. You know, when you think back, I didn't think we'd reach the 10th year, and here it is. So something must have gone right. Mm-hmm. Here's to year 20 when you say, it just seems like yesterday we were celebrating <laughs> 10. Uh, I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> it's been, you know, it's it, after it's over, you just it's have an overwhelming sense of accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. That we did it again. We got through this other... Through another year, people walked away happy. That's true. What more can you ask? Well, you're tired but happy, gang. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you all so much. What a pleasure to hear the story of all of this. Well, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for coming. Okay, so now Paulette Atchison and I have fled the lovely forest and are now in the booming metropolis of Big River. We've braved the gravel, dusty roads. And um, I just wanted to continue the conversation that we were having um, on site about the creative kids component to, to this entire week. So essentially, 
we've got this broken down into into three main components. Yeah, we have we have the opportunity, which is which is the the first step for the kids. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Creative Kids um, is available in Big River for children to apply, and. The music camp also is 20 minutes out of Big River, so that supplies us with the venue. And then the festival is also 20 minutes out of Big River. And when the children go into the music camp for the week, they get to perform at the festival. As a matter of fact, they open up the festival. Um, All the music participants get up on stage, 5.30, and the festival starts at 6, but at 5.30, all the different classes are up on stage, you know, performing and showing the audience what they learned throughout the week. So we're very fortunate, you know, to have these three components. You know, they have the advantage of, you know, applying to Creative Kids for funding. Right. They have the music camp. and Which then, is the teaching aspect. Which is the teaching aspect. And then they have the opportunity to showcase their talent. Right. And it, it's just a wonderful combination. Now, we spoke to um, the brothers who sang a fabulous tune for me. And um, they're instructors, but they would not be aware of the fact that they were teaching kids who were part of the Creative Kids program, right? No, they would not be. Um, Creative Kids is very confidential. You know, when you apply to Creative Kids, um, the only people who know that you've applied are the committee members. Um, other than that, when they're in the class, they're just like any other regular student that, you know, has applied for to join the class and has paid their tuition and whatever. And even, um, like, the only people who know that they're supported by Creative Kids is the Creative Kids Committee and their parents. Right. So, lest anyone think that if you're a part of the Creative Kids program, you have lesser instructors, that's not the case at all. They're Not at all. The instructors that we have at this at the music camp and the festival are top-notch instructors. Like the two instructors that you inter- interviewed today, I think they had told you that they had gone through the music program either in Boston or in uh-huh. California. New, New England, yeah. Yeah, and they are top-notch instructors. And yeah. to get that quality of instructors, you know, um, in a small town, Saskatchewan, and and to have children that go through the creative kids program exposed to this type of caliber of instruction is just amazing. Like, right. like we are very fortunate, you know, and everything ties in together. You know, the music camp, the festival, the caliber of performers, the caliber of instructors that we bring in. It's, it's just amazing. So, so the parents must be incredibly grateful. The parents of the kids that are part of the Creative Kids program must be incredibly grateful for the opportunity for their children to be exposed to such high caliber teaching. They are, they are, and you know they come to the festival, and they they come with their children to the music camp. They have to be accompanied by a parent, you know, unless you're sixteen or over, or fifteen and over, and can be there on your own. But um, just the pride you see on their faces when their children are up on stage performing, and it, it's just. It's just a wonderful, fulfilling. They're they're just bursting with pride. The kids are excited because they're up there. I mean, how many kids have had the opportunity to be on a huge stage and have an audience out there, 
you know, watching them perform and they're in a group of people that they've been with all week. So they're comfortable, they're excited, but they're, you know, they're comfortable and their chests are just sort of sticking out with pride that look, look at mom, I'm up here and I'm doing this. It's, it's just, it's wonderful. It's just a wonderful, it's wonderful to, to watch. And they're so appreciative. They're just so appreciative at the end of everything. You know, they come up to you and they just express how much of a good time they had, how much they appreciated, and they hope that they can come back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, an opportunity that just would likely never happen for a lot of these kids without that program. That's right. Like we, you know, in my day and age, we didn't have programs like that, like mm-hmm. Creative Kids. And to have something, you know, like that now, it, it's it's wonderful, and I hope it continues. And we help it along. We do have fundraisers. Each community is, you know, tries to put on a fundraiser to add to what the province already gives us as a budget, a yearly budget. But, you know, if we want more children to participate, you know, we try and raise funds also. And so we have two fundraising programs about twice a year. We also showcase children that are taking lessons throughout the year um, in school. We take them out of class for one half hour once a week. And they're learning guitar, they're learning mandolin, or they're taking vocal classes. A lot of children go away for the summer um, or, you know, they're not around for this music camp in the summertime. So this gives them the opportunity throughout the school year to participate in a music program or whatever type of program that we can get a service provider up here to provide. Right. Like it's not just music. Like like if we had a potter, if we had a painter, we had a graffiti artist come up to the high school. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe how many students participated in that gra- graffiti class for the weekend. And and it was a respectful, you know, he, he was teaching, you know, how to respect graffiti mm-hmm. artists, you right. know, that you don't go around running around a town with paint cans and spraying on the side of the walls. You know, this is your work. Take pride in it and choose carefully where you choose to display it. So we had a graffiti artist from Saskatoon come up and we had about 10 kids in that class. And that was something, you know, different to offer them. And we're continually searching for service providers, you know, to to do anything that has to do with arts and cultures, like basket weaving, pottery, painting, you know, but it seems around Big River, we have a very strong musical community and a lot of artists that that are well-versed in music, either by ear or by notes or whatever, that are willing to share, you know, share their talents with them. Mm-hmm. So we're very fortunate that way. And, and Mona was being incredibly humble, but she she has been teaching um, a class um, in the past and, in which a huge a huge number of the kids involved in the class were through creative kids. Were through creative kids. And that kids. was not singularly music. She also offered other components to the class. That's right. That's right. Um, in this fun grass class, they're calling it fun grass now, but in this fun grass class, they not only she not only taught music, they would make musical instruments out of tin cans, out of mm. boxes, out of um, whatever they could find to you know, assemble together to make a musical instrument and then they would try and play it or, or they, they'd paint pictures with musical instruments or they'd do lanterns and they'd have some playtime and it's just not, you know, sitting in class and, you know, learning music. It's making it fun 
making it a social, you know, a social event and having them walk away with a sense of, yes, you know, we learned a bit of music, but also, you know, we've made strong friendships. We've had a lot of fun and they want to come back next year and do it all over again. I think it's incredible that that entire process remains anonymous. Um, I mean, during during the week that that the children are are as much a participant as everybody else who has not been there because of the Creative Kids program. That they're they're completely integrated and nobody knows. It's completely seamless. I think that that's really special. No, it is completely confidential, um, and it, it's not only just financial barriers. There could be five children in a family. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and and when there's a large family, you know, you can't, you know, it's not easy to pick and choose, okay, which one can participate in this. And, and, and so we help families, you know, large families that just can't sure. afford to send every kid, you know, to music lessons. So, you know, if they fall in, into the criteria, which is laid out by creative kids, you know, we look it over and, I mean, they could have a higher income than $40,000. That's usually the criteria we use. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they have a family of five children, sure. you know, it, you know, tough it's... have to, to stretch that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but no, it is strictly confidential. And yes, the instructors don't know the... You know, just the committee knows. And who knows what the future holds in store for these kids that have gone through the Creative Kids program as far as what they bring Mm -hmm. to their communities as they become young adults and adults. Um, You know, the spinoff in the long term. Yeah, well, we had a good example of this with this one young girl that you interviewed today, Emma. Yeah. And, you know, she came through the Creative Kids program when I think she was 11 or 12, and now she's 17. And now she's thinking about sharing her talents Mm -hmm. and what she learned, you know, by teaching lessons. Like, what better example, you know, can you use when she wants to share what she has learned and the opportunity that she was given, you know, to do this? Yeah. You know? Yeah, we're very lucky to be in a province that has a program like Creative Mm -hmm. Kids. Yeah, and thanks to David Miller and Regina because he came up with the idea. Right on. And they're they're in good hands having you as one of the representatives uh, working as a volunteer. Well, I'll tell you, it's just, it's been a pleasure. You know, I've got a good committee. It's just rewarding. Every year when we have that showcase of talent here or the music camp when you see kids that have been there for the last four years, you know, going, advancing on to beginner, advancing on to intermediate, you know, it's almost like they're a part of you, you know, they're a part of your family because, you know, they've been taking lessons for three or four years and look where they've gone with it, you know, and it it just, yeah, you have a sense of pride that you were a part, you were a part of it. You know, they, they did all the hard work, but you just gave them the little nudge. I think you've done some pretty hard work too to make it all happen. My committee and I have your committee. Yes, no, yes. I know. I know it's not singularly held mm-hmm. up by you, but mm-hmm. um, I'm sure your spirit and enthusiasm is infectious throughout your committee. Uh, well, I hope so. I think it is. <laughs> I hope so. Thank you, Paulette. Thank you, Kevin, very much. Thanks for listening. The Sascapes podcast is created and hosted by Kevin Power for Sas Culture. Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lottery's Trust Fund for Sport, Culture, and Recreation. For more information, visit iheartculture.ca and sasculture.ca. 
Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There's no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time... <laughs>